We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Welcome to the Rotor Grinders Morning Grind Podcast. I'm your host, Stevie TPFL. It is Monday. It's February 28th. It is 2022. We have a seven-game NBA slate to talk about here on today's podcast. Hope everyone had an awesome weekend. I am joined today by my good buddy, Genie for 07. Grant, how's it going, my friend? Eh, it's going pretty good. Had a solid overall weekend in betting. And, and solid first two few days back from the All-Star break. So, you know, I really can't complain. I mean, I'm glad one of us had a good weekend. Um, <laughs> NASCAR was uh, the NASCAR streets. It was looking like it was going to be a great weekend. And then the last, you know, 20, 30 laps happened. So you move on and, you know, you get back at it next weekend for the NASCARs. But Vegas, they're in Vegas next weekend. I can't wait. So, but yeah, seven game NBA slate getting back on track and back on the morning grind and getting back in the NBA mindset. First look podcast, like always, a lot can change throughout the day, you know, especially with NBA. So make sure you're paying attention to news throughout the day. We get started with Minnesota at Cleveland. This game has a two. 222 and a half total and Minnesota is a slight one and a half point favorite in this one. As far as uh, Minnesota goes, they're pretty healthy. No one really out at, you know, right is out, but he's kind of, I think he's been out all year. And then Cleveland Garland, Levert, Rondo Sexton, and that is it, but they're all out. So let's start here with Minnesota. What are your thoughts here on the Timberwolves? I mean, there's not really a ton to love here. I mean, Cleveland is really not a great match. If I get there's a 222 total here with Minnesota having close to 110 total, but considering they've been running at one of the fastest paces, maybe the fastest pace in the league over the last month, this is a pretty big downgrade here. Cleveland pretty solid overall defensively. Talon's going to draw a tough matchup against Mobley. I don't know if he's going to be able to do too much against him. I don't think Towns has a good game here, especially in the bad overall spot for pace and matchup and defense. So Towns is kind of a cross off here on this big of a slate. I know it's only seven games, but there's a few other payups that are better. He could end up getting there, but I doubt it. 
Edwards and Russell are the two I'd rather go with. I don't really love either of them. I know without Garland in there, that they're kind of the worst defensive team against guards. And I mean, Rondo being out probably helps their defense a little bit, but overall this really isn't a great spot for anyone, but if you're going to go with a guy, it's probably Russell or Edwards. I mean, both of them are sitting right around 7K. If Cat ends up getting shut down by Mobley, one of them is likely going off for at least a decent game with this close of a spread here. So it would really just be those two. I'm staying away from Papev, McDaniels, Vanderbilt, all the rest of the guys with everyone healthy here. And then on the Cleveland side, I mean, Goodwin's probably too cheap at 5,200. I know he didn't have the best game the other night, but he's just going to have to play – a ton of minutes here with Sexton, Garland, and Rondo out. He's going to get a lot of point guard minutes. Osman might get, you know, a little bit of ball handling duties as well. And he's 4,400. But, I mean, outside of that, Allen, Marketing, Mobley, Love, they're all healthy. So, I think on a nightly basis, it could be any of these guys. But, I mean, I don't think there's safety in any of them. Yeah, yeah, I mean – Love, I thought, would have a big night the other night, but with marketing coming back, I think they're just trying to save Love for for the playoffs. Um, I can't really fully trust his minute at 5,300. I think he is worth the tournament flyer. Allen and Mobley draw a decent matchup. Both of them are fine, but they're probably priced about where they should be. Marketing at 6K, yes, I know he's put up 36, 34 the last few games, but I don't know if he's a guy that I really want to play at this price tag. I'm not against it. It is a pace of matchup. It's a good defensive spot here. He's going to play probably low to mid thirties minutes, although love can always eat into that. And there's no guarantee of the minutes, the only minutes we really know that are going to be played are going to be Goodwin and Osman. Um, both of them kind of have to play decent amount of minutes at the point. Like they're going to be running the point the entire game. Do you think there's a chance that they start Osman at the point and then put, take Goodwin off the bench just because, they are going to – they don't really have any other point guards here. Like, without Rondo and without Garland, I mean, everyone else – I guess Frazier will play 15 minutes, but he's not really great. I don't know. Do you think there's any chance they start Jetty at the one? I think it's going to be Goodwin. I would assume it's going to be Goodwin that gets the start, and I think he plays 35 to 40 minutes, and the, when he's off the floor, I think Osman will be – the point man. Yeah. I mean, I think he plays 30 some odd minutes regardless. I'm just wondering if they kind of try and do the Rubio thing with him and, and start one and then bring him in after five minutes and give him a decent amount. I mean, regardless, Goodwin and Osman are both very solid overall plays. They're going to play mid 30 minutes and they'd be pretty solid producers on the floor. I mean, without Garland and Levert in there, there's a decent usage hole and without Rondo in there, there's no one else really great to play guard. So, yeah, I mean, Goodwin and Osman are uh, both solid plays. But, I mean, the one thing I was getting at is even if Goodwin doesn't get the start, I wouldn't worry about it because he's still going to get 35 minutes of run. Yep. Uh, I mean, I, I think that he's just going to he's gonna play a bunch. And, like, the upside is, is certainly there. The floor, I think, is actually pretty high, even though he didn't have, like, a great game last time out. So, I'm not too worried about that. Up next, we got Indiana at Orlando. This game, 229 and a half total. The Magic are one and a half point favorite here. Pacers, second end of a back-to-back. We don't have an injury report for them. Foltz is probable. I think that's super interesting. And then Isaac and Maurice Wagner are still out. So 
the Orlando Magic kind of getting healthy here. Let's start. We'll start with the Pacers. What are your thoughts here on Indiana? I mean, there's not anything I really love. Buddy's been off and on doing very well um, since he came over to the Pacers. I mean, Halliburton's crushed at Brogdon. Him coming back, always worried a little bit how much he's going to eat into production. They're kind of all fine with all three of them there. And even Brissett's a pretty solid overall play. I mean, he's been putting up some pretty big outings. He can get there in a hurry. He's been getting double-digit rebounds in about his half his game. He's been having 10-plus shot attempts in nearly every single game. Sitting at 5,900, 5, I think, is getting up there a little bit. But matchup versus Orlando is pretty solid. I mean, I, I just don't know who to go with out of Buddy, Halliburton, Brogdon. I think they're all fine tournament plays. I don't think any of them are great tournament plays at the price tag. They're all kind of priced how they should be. If I had to rank them, it's probably Buddy, then Halliburton, then Brogdon. But I mean, I'm not going to argue with any of them. I just don't really have a huge lean on who's going to end up with the big outing. Yeah, I mean, I think if I had to rank my favorite pacer, it would be Brissett. I think he's my favorite play from Indiana. Um, I think the, the guard wing situation is kind of crowded. I think, again, one of these guys gets hot. They, you know, they can definitely exceed expectations as far as price. But, I mean, Halliburton's price is it's caught up to the production. So um, I'd probably rank him third behind Buddy and Brogdon. But I, I think my favorite play from Indiana is Brissett. The minutes are super consistent. He does a great job of staying out of foul trouble, knock on wood. Um, so I, I really like him in this spot. And then on the magic side, I mean, we're adding another guard into the mix now with Fultz coming back. I assume he's not going, I assume he's going to come off the bench and I assume he's going to have a minutes restriction and limit. Um, I highly doubt we get that news, but as far as like an exact number, but I mean, Orlando guard situation is now even more flooded the big man situation, I think ceiling wise, I still think like Wendell Carter is like your, your high upside ceiling play. Maybe you could take some tournament shots on Mo Bamba, but he's going to have to do it in like 25 minutes. Yeah. Yeah. I know. It's really tough to kind of trust anyone. I mean, with Fulton there, more minutes to go around between the guards, like more usage. I assume Fultz like may, he may only end up playing 18 to 20 minutes. I wouldn't be surprised played 14 i wouldn't be surprised if he played 24 it should be somewhere in that range just don't really know when they t- until they tell us tomorrow but regardless that's going to eat into Suggs and anthony's production by a decent amount and probably eat into both their minutes it is a solid overall matchup going up against indy so i don't hate wendell carter jr he's probably the one guy i'm really considering i mean friends wagner not really a guy that's going to be in my playerhood player pool um Okiki, probably not going to be a guy that's in my player pool. Uh, it, it's just a spot where Wendell Carter Jr. is the only one really giving you upside with how many healthy bodies there now are in the backcourt. I don't think I, I don't really have much else. Uh, you good with this one? Yeah, yeah, I think so. I think so too. I, I think it'd be interesting to see how they work Fultz into the mix. They, I mean, they used the lottery picks, lottery pick on Suggs. So, as a Magic fan, I'm super interesting, super interested, because I mean, Fultz was playing really solid last year before getting hurt. So, 
it I think it'd be interesting to see how it all kind of plays out. But. Toronto at Brooklyn, no total in this game. I would assume it's because of Fred Van Vliet. He's questionable. Uh, OG's out. And then on the Brooklyn side, Kevin Durant, Joe Harris, Kyrie, and Simmons are all out because this game is in Brooklyn, so no Kyrie. So starting here with Toronto, I, I mean, with OG out, the Van Vliet news matters a ton on this slate because if he were to sit, it would obviously open up a lot for – I mean, like Gary Trent Jr. is someone that could potentially shoot 25 times in this game. Yeah, with OGR out of matchup versus Brooklyn, it's going to be a pretty solid overall one. Um, Van Vliet kind of dictates a lot of things. If Van Vliet ends up playing, I think he's fine at 8K. I still like Siakam, whether he plays or not. But Trent is probably going to largely depend on Van Vliet playing or not. I know they can have a 40-point outing regardless the Van Vliet plays or not, but the shot volume increases drastically without Van Vliet on the floor there and without OG on the floor. So both Siakam, Van Vliet, and even Barnes um, are all going to get a pretty decent boost if Van Vliet's out. If Van Vliet's in, then I'm mostly interested in Siakam in this spot here. And outside of those guys like Boucher, not really productive in the minutes, like you may get a small increase without Van Vliet, but probably not going to have a much precious sitting at 3,600. I mean, he did just have a 37 point outing. He's fine. Like if you want to play him for 3,600, there's nothing wrong with that. Depending on what value ends up opening up on the slate and he could get be in for a few extra minutes if they have to have Siakam run a little bit more um, up top because they don't really have a ton of guard depth. So Precious could be someone that could see a few extra minutes if Van Vliet's out, but realistically, Gary Trent Jr. is the main play here if Van Vliet's out, and Siakam's the main play if Van Vliet ends up playing. I mean, if Van Vliet sits, do we think, like, Flynn plays, like, 30 minutes in this game? There's a possibility. I I, I mean, he's a very low fantasy point-per-minute production player, so. Yeah, I mean, I don't, like... I don't know. I think they'll just give minutes to everyone sporadically. Like, wouldn't be surprised if they run a decent amount of time with Boucher and um, potentially Boucher, Siakam, and Precious all in at the same time. But I don't know. It's it's tough with Toronto's rotation there. I know they like to run a really tight rotation, but without OG and without Van Vliet, I mean, probably going to get Gary Trent potentially running the point for a decent amount of time. I like Gary Trent a lot with OG out just in general, but if Van Vliet and OG both sit, you know, Trent is a 1.37 fantasy point per minute producer and Siakam is 1.23. So a lot of upside potential here if both of these guys sit. But I mean, if Van Vliet plays with no OG, definitely like Van Vliet too. So on the Brooklyn side of this game, I mean, Seth Curry is obviously someone that's going to keep chucking his prices caught up to caught up to where he's at. I mean, I definitely don't mind looking at like a a Bruce Brown in this spot, but I mean, do we think like Goran Dragic plays more than like 15 minutes in this game? We only played, I think it was 14 minutes in his return the other night. Um, But that game was with Kyrie, right? Like 
Kyrie played yeah. in that game. So, I mean, is this a spot like in tournaments, large field tournaments? If we don't get any news, we just kind of like, all right, let's take the shot. He's forty two hundred. Yeah, I mean, I have to assume he's probably going to play a little bit more. But I mean, I also noticed that they only played Patty Mills with sixteen minutes in that game, tr- kind of trying to reserve him for more uh when Kyrie's not in the game here it's just so tough to figure out with Curry with Brown with Thomas with Mills like and with Dragic who's going to get a ton of run and who's going to eat up a ton of usage I mean this team's a little bit different than it has been in the past adding Curry and even adding Drummond to the mix here like I think Drummond's interesting at 6100 I mean put up 46 in his last game played almost 30 minutes granted they needed his height a decent amount but I'm guessing Toronto's probably going to play decently big and have a big in there pretty much the entire time. So I don't hate Drummond at 6,100. Seth Curry is a good play, but trying to figure out the rest of them, like I think there is a chance that Drogic ends up playing 25 plus minutes, in which case 4,200 is probably a bit too cheap. So I don't mind him regardless, but if he ends up getting the start, which is possible, then I think that he's a pretty solid overall play. Chicago at Miami, 225.5 total on this one. And Miami is a three and a half point favorite. Looking at the injury news here for Chicago, Ball, Caruso, both still out. Vooch is probable, and Williams still out. And then on Miami side, Kyle Lowry, Marquise Morris, Oladipo out. And then Caleb Martin is questionable. Starting here with Chicago, should have the big three for Chicago available for this game. I think overall this is not like the best like running back and forth type of environment, but like intensity, close game type environment. I think this game, you know, is, is very interesting on that aspect. Um, what are your thoughts here on Chicago? Yeah, it's kind of tough to play anyone. I mean, DeRozan's still priced over 10K with Levine back. I mean, I know he had 31 points the other night going up against Memphis, and he's hit – I still don't hate the over of 28.5 points for DeRozan over at DraftKings right now. But at 10.2K, you're really not getting a ton of upside with Levine in here. I mean, I think Levine's probably the better play. I mean, guy playing 39 minutes every single night – like, I know it's a tough match, but I have to assume Butler's probably going to be put on DeRozan over Levine. So Levine at this price tag definitely provides you a little bit of upside, whereas DeRozan is kind of priced out. Vooch getting a tough matchup versus Bam here. I don't think he's anyone I want to go with at 9.2K. Like White and Dosumu, both of them are probably priced up too much at this point. Neither of them are providing any upside with a big three playing. Green, not someone I'm interested in at all. It's it's really just Levine here with the prices being wrong on most everyone or not catching up to DeRozan being back. Yeah, I mean, I, I still think, like, Zach Levine is probably my favorite of the three just because of his price. DeRozan is having a fantastic run here like he, he shot over 20 times in, in six straight games and he's put up 30 actual points and i think i was reading it was like nine or eight um two four six eight ten ten so ten yeah, and i bet games. his over on points at 30 in every single one of those he's hit the over on his points 
10 games in a row and while it might not be a good bet anymore i'm not stopping now well you can't like you're so far ahead that like all right well once you get past like six in a row you're like all right well i'm just gonna keep doing it <laughs> i have to bet bane pretty much the rest of the season to yeah even i mean, have a chance of losing money on him <laughs> you and bane man yeah, I love that guy. miami side of this game i actually kind of like jimmy butler for tournaments here i think he's someone that has like that ceiling potential to break the slate and I mean, I don't even hate this spot for Bam, but I, I just kind of lean more Butler here. I mean, I like Bam, Butler, and even Hero. I mean, no Lowry. Hero should play his normal, normal amount of minutes. Chicago has not been a great team for a while on the defensive end, and they've been giving up a boatload of points to opposing offenses recently. Butler is probably my favorite of the three, followed by Bam, followed by Hero, but they're all very, very solid options. I mean... Chicago, we know that they give up a lot of points on a fairly regular basis, and they're in high-scoring close games. And those three guys are pretty much the entirety of the offense outside of Robinson and Tucker occasionally shooting threes. I don't really have anything else that I like from Miami. I'm going to be honest. I, I mean, Tucker is 3,800. His minutes are, I don't know. Kind of all over the place. I really think like my favorite play for Miami is Butler, and it's more of like a game stack on just like a Levine Butler or a Butler DeRozan type of stack. Yeah. San Antonio at Memphis. Two thirty-four and a half total in this one, and currently Memphis is at eight and a half point favorite. It opened at eight. On the San Antonio side, I mean, Terrence Davis is out and Rashawn Holmes is questionable. Memphis side, Brooks is out. Clark is questionable. Big. That's, you know, the only really big news that we're looking at here. What do you like here for San Antonio? I mean, looking at Hurdle's game log, he's been crushing recently. Great. He wasn't a triple overtime game in the last game. But a matchup versus Steven Adams, I don't think fits him too well. I mean, those guys are going to be going at it down low. He kind of eats into his boards and probably will eat into his offensive production. So Pirtle at 7.3 K is an all right play, but not a great play. DeJounte Murray, always a very good tournament play. I mean, going up against John Moran, who's not the greatest defensive player in the world here. Um, DeJounte could go for a big game. I really like Kelvin Johnson. He's been shooting well recently. He's been shooting a lot recently. Um, 45 and 36 in the last two outings. Again, granted, one of them was triple overtime, but he was at 38, I think, before overtime even started. Um, both, I think that he's a fine play. Vassal, pretty involved in this offense recently, getting the minutes. I don't hate him. I don't love him. He's just a guy that if you end up in that price range, he's fine. But mostly it's Murray and Kelvin Johnson are the two guys I really want to play. And Lonnie Walker is fine. 4,500, probably tad bit too cheap i mean i always love playing Dejounte, and in a matchup like this where it's going to be pretty fast paced should be really good game environment i mean you you know that i'm gonna have some exposure to him and i actually kind of like the role that potal has been having here recently I know I don't want to look into that Washington game because 
what was it? Almost 300 points or something like that was scored. It was, over, it was, it was like 312. It yeah. Was, that's, yeah that, that's that's nutty. Um, I mean, it was triple overtime, but uh, still. I, had a, I had a lot of bets in play that, or uh, the main one, like Vassal had two assists and I had the over of two and a half. He had two at halftime. And it took him until like the second overtime to get his third assist. And it was it was a fun sweat. You're like, oh, thank you. Um, but yeah, I, I mean, looking at the San Antonio side, I think Murray and Podol, my favorites. I think Vassal, Johnson, Lonnie Walker, Trey Jones, all these guys like, have potential to get there. Trey Jones is someone that has definitely seen an increase in minutes here, but it was more, I think that Miami game was just more Murray being out. Why we saw so much more usage from him in that game. So I don't know if I want to like overreact too much to that. And then on the Memphis side of this game, I mean, triple J Bain, John Morant are the guys that I, I typically look at and I don't even hate Steven Adams. I think that he's someone that has been playing really solid here. Yeah. I think Adams will be in for a decent amount of minutes in the spot going up against Pirtle. I think they're going to need his size in there. So I actually like Adams a decent amount in the spot at six K. Um, but yeah, Bain, triple J and Moran, those, those are the three guys you want to go with. Any one of them can end up with a big game. Like I don't think I'd play more than one of them in a lineup picking which one it's going to be. Probably Morant followed by Bain, followed by Jackson in this spot. Um, but all three of them are fine as an add-in to game stack, and all three of them are fine individual plays. All right, we got Charlotte at Milwaukee. Second end of a back-to-back for Charlotte, 241 and a half total in this one. Milwaukee, 10 and a half point favorites. I mean, Pat Connington, George Hill, Brooke Lopez out for Milwaukee. Gordon Hayward, I would assume that he's still kind of projected to be out for this one on the Charlotte side. What do you like here for Charlotte? I don't love anything. Like, this could be a high-scoring game. Ball's fine. Rozier's fine. Bridges is fine. Harrell, not a terrible play, even though I can never really trust the man. So I assume they'll need a little bit more height here, so... I wouldn't be surprised if Harold got some extra run in this spot, um, but it's always tough trying to figure out between him, Plumlee, and Washington who's going to get the most run. Harold's fine GPP play obviously offers you some upside. Ubre at 5,500, probably a little bit too cheap, um, but out of the big three, Ball, Rogier, Bridges, none of them really stand out as great plays in the spot. They're just pieces you throw into a game stack and bring it back with the honest. I think this whole game is more of like a game stack type of game. You know, just kind of looking at this game, 10 and a half point spread. If this game were to stay close enough where we get four full quarters from these studs, they could crush both sides. I mean, it's a matchup. You you love this matchup on the Milwaukee side. Drew in a great matchup against Charlotte. Portis in a great matchup against Charlotte. Giannis in a great matchup against Charlotte. So I think... Just overall, if you're playing pieces from this game, from either side of this game, it's just more of game stacking the game. Plenty of pieces that you can do it with. You can do it with Rogier. You could do it with Harrell. You know, you could obviously pay up and, 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 you know, get ball 
and, and then run it back with like a Giannis or a Portis or a Drew. A lot of ways to game stack this game, but I think ceiling wise, I think you game stack this and you hope it stays close if you want the full ceiling from your players. Yeah, I mean, that's almost what it always is with any Charlotte game. And it's always so frustrating that all the Charlotte players are kind of priced how they should be on a nightly basis. But yeah, over on the Milwaukee side, I mean, Giannis stands out as a top raw points play on the entire slate of match versus Charlotte. We know it's a great one. We know he should dominate. Drew and Middleton are fine, but I really like Portis in the spot. I mean, Charlotte's not really great versus bigs here. Bobby Portis coming off a 50-point game. If this game ends up staying close, he should end up playing mid-30 minutes. Like, Portis could be in for a big night, and Giannis could be in for a big night. But if you're playing either of them, you probably want to bring it back with some Charlotte plays. All right, we finish out this late with Sacramento at OKC. 222.5 total in this one. The Kings a a 4.5-point favorite. On the Sacramento side, Terrence Davis is out. And I said Holmes and Davis for the Kings or for the Spurs. And it's Doug McDermott that was questionable. I was reading San Antonio and Sacramento. They're so you close. silly goose. What a what a Sunday night thing to do. Uh Dort's out, Giddy's out, Robinson Earl is out, Kendrick Williams is out on the Thunder side. So I mean, starting here with the Sacramento side, what do you like here for the Kings? I mean, I think Fox or Sabonis could go off for a massive game here going up against OKC. I mean, it's obviously a pretty decent matchup here. Holmes is priced probably about where he should be. He's in play for a game stack, but that's kind of really it. Holiday, I mean, if he makes his threes, then he can get there. But at 4,300, he's priced how he should be. Davion Mitchell, I think is fine in the spot at 4,200. If he gets enough run going up against OKC, he could have a pretty decent outing. DiVincenzo is an all right play, but not really great. More of just an extra piece you throw in a game stack. Same thing with Lamb. Like, realistically, I think this is going to be a Sabonis or Fox game. Sabonis has been very good over the last few games. OKC has no one that can stop him. And then Fox, if he gets hot, like, he's going to drive to the rim a lot. They don't really have a ton of rim protection over on OKC. So he could end up with a 50-point outing here. So it's really just the two stars over on this Sacramento side of things. Yeah, I think that's kind of where I lean as well. And then on the Thunder side, I mean, SGA is 9,600. But with Dort and Giddy out, I mean, sign me up for him, Trey Mann, Roby. Um, I think all those guys have, you know, merit to tournament exposure here in this spot. Yeah, I really like SGA and I really like Mann. I mean, without Giddy and Dort in there, Man should play a ton of minutes here if this game ends up staying close. He's been playing really well recently. He's had up over 35 points in each of the last four games. He's been playing mid to low 30s minutes in every single one of the games. It's a matchup versus Sacramento, which is one of the better matchups you can possibly get. So, man, is too cheap still at 5,400 versus Sacramento. And I think it's giving up close to the most points to against guards. And then SGA, like, he's going to just – drive to the hoop all game long. Sacramento doesn't have great interior defense. SGA could go off for a 60-point game here. I know he went off one last game. I think this is a similar spot here. 9.6K without Dort and without Giddy is probably too cheap for him. I, I agree. I think 
this is just a spot that SGA Zeus is just going to be insanely high. Four and a half point spread should be a close game with this game being in OKC. SGA keeps this game close. And I think Trey Mann is someone that I really like as well. Uh, he's someone that I would definitely want to take some shots on here. So, All right, morning grind game before we get out of here. Favorite play under 5K to go 7X. Who do you like here? It's not a ton of value I like in this spot. I guess I'm just going to go with Gordon Drogic. I like that. I could see that paying off big time. I, I'm going to go Isaiah Ruby. I think he's someone that can go 7X, especially with these guys out in this good matchup against Sacramento. Over 8K to go under 5X. Who's your bust today? I don't like saying this, but I think it's going to be DeRozan. I mean, 10.2K is probably a bit too high. I mean, I'm gonna... I am still betting it over on his points. Yeah, I mean, the uh, DFS and sports betting, prop betting is is way different, right? You know, mm-hmm. it, you could get thirty five actual points from DeRozan and, and still not hit value in DFS. So. I'm gonna go Carl Anthony Towns at ninety eight hundred. I don't, I don't think he's gonna go for fifty plus in this matchup. He really has only had like one big game here recently, and that was against Charlotte. Makes a ton of sense. Favorite 6X play today. Who do you got? Trying to find someone who I love. I'm going to go Trey Man. Yeah, I like that a lot. Um, that's actually who I had. So I'm, I'm sorry, my friend. That is okay. I'm glad. I, I like when we're I like when we're on the same page. I have no problem with that. I think I think I'm gonna go. DeJounte Murray I think he's going to have a, a 60 plus fantasy point game here and I think it's going to be a big game for him so like it assuming that his knee is fine he's not on the injury report so let's get weird GPP play of the day who do you got I'm gonna go with Brissett I don't think he's gonna draw a ton of my ownership. dude I like him yeah he won me a bunch of money today hey oh don't you love that mm-hmm. I know you like money so I was like thinking of this question earlier and I was like looking through and like, as we were going, I was like, man, who's going to be low owned? Do you think Trez is going to be low owned or high owned? I don't, I don't think he's going to be very heavily owned. I lean him. I feel like game log watchers might like look at the last game and be like, Oh, he didn't play a lot. Well, I mean, it was, it was a blowout against Toronto. So I think he has the potential. So I'm going to go Trez. Any, uh, any bets standing out to you here night before? Uh, Sabonis over 19 and a half points. Levine over 23 and a half points. DeRozan over 29 and a half points. And Jared Allen over 16 and a half points. All right. That is going to wrap it up. If you haven't already, make sure you head over to the Roto-Grinders Discord launch last week. We now have the Grants Action Lounge where, I mean, you're posting stuff all the time in there, right? So I think we're up, depending on how tonight ends with my last bet, I think we're up 
29 units in four days. I mean, why else would you not want to be in there? There you go. So make sure you're checking that out over there on the Rotor Grinders Discord. Grant's absolutely crushing it. And um, that's for scores and odds, right? Like you. Yep. Yep. They'll be free for the next month. So get in there, win a boatload of money. And then when it moves over to premium, you have it all paid off. Pretty there you much. go. Yeah. Take advantage of it. And the cool thing about scores and odds, and like I tweet out scores and odds, uh, NASCAR picks and stuff all the time. It's like one price for all the sports. So you get access to everyone's picks for all the sports. So um, take advantage of it. You know, a lot of, lot of smart people providing picks over there on scores and odds. So that's going to wrap it up here for Monday. We'll be back tomorrow talking more hoops for March 1st. Good luck, everyone. We'll see you then. See you, kids.